everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckmann. Doc Searles and I today are talking about, well, we're going to talk about Twitter. That's you yeah. know, because it's it's such a relevant conversation right now. I think it's on a lot of people's minds. It's on both of our minds. So we're just going to have that conversation with y'all. We're going to have it out in the open yeah. and, and see what we can figure out. So if you're interested in, in social media and what's happening to it and Elon Musk buying it out and, and where do we, we go from here? <laughs> or are people going to leave? This is the conversation for you. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So to, just to place this as a point in time, most of what we r- talk about is we try to make it somewhat timeless. We don't want to be snow on the water that doesn't matter next right. week or the week after. But this is really current because the latest thing I've read on it is that um, is that the deal will go through like on the twenty eighth, just in time for Halloween. You know, and mm. it's and it's horrifying to some people and and especially some Twitter pe- employees, <laughs> especially Twitter employees. And and I think from following his tweets, including ones that have been pulled off. Or ones that may be faked up, I can't tell that, you know, where he's talking to some Russian dude and uh, about, you know, the <laughs> victory party in for Russia and going to that, which must be giving the State Department fits as well as others. There's just a lot to worry about. There's, um, and I should add, by the way, quickly, if I sound different this time, it's because I'm talking to my computer and not to a proper microphone. It seems like I'm okay, but you're hearing the computer's mics because I don't have one with me here in New York, which is where I am temporarily. But here's the thing. Twitter is enormously important to to news. I mean, I'd, people on the right especially complain about the mainstream press. There is no name mainstream press anymore. What the hell is that? I mean, when, when Ben Shapiro and people like that have, what, 50 million readers or some ridiculous number like that um, uh, a week or a day and you hit scan on an on a AM radio, and what you're going to hear is religion and a lot of right wing talk. Right wing talk kind of owns the AM band. For the people who still listen to AM radio, it's kind of significant. There are many, many millions of people doing that. I'm not sure what the mainstream press is anymore. I mean, uh, uh, so, but they rail against it. End of and their big, you know, whipping thing is wokeness and, uh, and. Elon Musk is among them. Elon Musk almost certainly will bring Trump back. Trump will be... And others. And others. And he will be divisive. And Trump is so expert at using Twitter to, to rile things up and cause news. And um, and it's likely to affect the next election in a huge way. And listen, I'm all for free speech. And I, did, I had my misgivings about canceling Trump too on Twitter. But I did think he was doing enormous harm, and I can see the case. And it's a private company that's entitled to do what it pleases. It's it's not the public square, but we're treating it like the public square. It has we become yeah. virtually the public square. And I I follow a zillion journalists and people who, many of them no longer employed by the formerly mainstream press. It's now the the... It's a cemetery. <laughs> my, my list of journalists is, is kind right. of like a bunch of headstones. There were there's still mumbles coming out of the ground, uh, right. and and they've since um, moved on to things like Substack. Yeah, and they've moved on to Substack. We could talk about that too, and and um, yeah, which is just another commercial platform, you know, that's performing a service. And I want to give credit to Twitter and to Substack and any and Facebook for that matter for creating a centralized system that makes doing a lot of things easy and, and speaking easy and being social easy and 
I'm 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 not here to to knock those things. What I am here to worry about um, out loud is that uh, Elon Musk has a political agenda. It's very clear that he does. Um, he's on the political right for the most part, or more or less the libertarian political right. And I, this is not a knock on libertarians. I think there's, I consider myself in some ways um, very libertarian, not in the orthodox way. I don't, I'm not a crazy about property as a thing. I'm not, I don't like guns a whole lot, but I do believe in individual freedom and liberty and all that stuff. But where I think, I think Musk is, to me, the, the, the main problem is he has done a really brilliant job of creating new things. Just a giant hats off to him for what he did with, with uh, uh, Tesla, with SpaceX, with Starlink, um, the thing that burrows in the ground. That's smart, too. There's a lot of really brilliant stuff this guy's all about. And he's, his track record is fabulous and uh, for doing that. But for buying a standing company for forty-four billion dollars, and that is a communication platform. That is a completely a, different. That animal. is, it's it's a little bit like for especially for news and for public conversation. It, it's almost as if he's bought a, an element in the periodic table, or or the to be more primitive about it, he just bought water. He has water. You want to use water? Right. You got to go to uh, got to go to him, and he may yeah. find a better way to do it. Right. We've got this earth, is, air, it, fire, and water. He got water, and um, well, he has talked about his his mega app. You know, launching a, a X dot com, some sort of mega app. I you know I, I can't really speak to that, but there it is part of some strategy, some some larger plan. I think that he has, which is interesting, and I also think it's interesting that this seems like upping the ante in a major way on Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post. This is like well, it's probably that too. You know, I, I think of it in, in those. It, in those terms. And this, this is so much bigger in my opinion than buying something like a longstanding yeah. news outlet. But I, don't know, I wonder if we could talk about maybe some things, some predictions, like the things that we expect to happen. You already mentioned one, he'll, you know, replatform some people who have been removed. Um, but also, you know, the, the layoff statement. I mean, the I, I don't think huge. it's a woman. I think yeah. it's, I think it's, it's part of the plan. I've, I've heard what 75% of the workforce yeah, well, he 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 wants low performing people cut off, and I think he's one of those people who believes that you you constantly evaluate everybody all the time, and you always lop off the right. bottom ten percent, and right, and that everybody I, should work eighty hours a week, and yeah, as, as somebody who have no personal relationships, most yeah, most of my academic life when I was young, at least, I was at the bottom of the bell curve. I was at the bottom of the bell curve in almost every way. I didn't like being in school. I didn't like being evaluated, but but the people who believe in the bell curve all the time, I think, is really bad. I think it it, yeah, it, it rules out brilliant think, exceptions, yeah. and and um, but it it it's not it's not just the employees, and I have great sympathy for them, um, and I think it's very likely that a lot of them will leave. But I know a number of writers who plan to leave. They're going to leave as soon as he comes on. And yeah. So that's, so there, and that's the best part to me of, of Twitter. It's the great writers that are on there that have sure, learned to sure. write in 140 or 280 characters. 
So why do we think they'll leave? I mean, aside from the fact that many of them have already said that they'll leave, but I think yeah. I'm wondering what your thoughts, because I certainly have my own, but what your thoughts are on what Twitter will become with all of these things. So when you, when you lay off that many people, low performers or not, whatever, some things should obviously suffer in my opinion, content moderation, security controls. Um, I'm not sure what else, but uh, those yeah. seem like obvious ones that will, suffer and, and what become what becomes of a platform when you let those things go well they're yeah i i i expect it i uh, two things one is here's what i expect like the, the the way to bet and the way to wish um the way to bet i think is that it will be a show it will be <laughs> um uh a very depressing place to work one where he's going to run roughshod over pretty much everything that was um, civilized there and he's going to do it with glee because he can and he'll joke about it he'll troll with it and he'll turn it into the biggest troll operation we've ever seen because he's going to bring Trump back who's the biggest troll of all time by far um, and lots of other uh, lots of others who've been off before and will jump off of to Trump's network and and others as well even to come over from Facebook or just added to what they're doing on Facebook. That's essentially speaking to an amen chorus on the on the right and the far right, and that's going to be um, huge. And it'll it will become really good at being a right wing amen corner, uh, and uh, and it will drive a lot of people who are on the center of the left politically or don't care about that but happen to follow enough of those people that it, it makes a difference. And here's, here's an important thing to me, which is that there, there is no one Twitter. There, every Twitter is what you follow. And if mm -hmm. you don't follow it, you don't see it. And um, people will tell me all the time, you, you know, geez, the Twitter is such a cesspool. It's all full of politics and stuff. I don't see it. I don't see it. I, and, and the few people I follow who do get political, I don't respond to what they say that's political. And so for the most part, I don't see it. And I follow like 5,000 people. I've got like 25,000 followers. I follow about 5,000. I don't see them all because the algorithm always bubbles up the ones that are, you know, unless I hit latest, I'm not going to see most of those people. But, um, but I'm not seeing a cesspool. I just see the stuff that I'm interested in and, and the people and companies that I, I want to keep up with. And, and I use it for tech support and, like today I used it um, because we're we're moving to another house before we leave the first one in Bloomington. And I wanted to get Xfinity, which is the only choice I have for uh, internet to, to add the other thing and nothing in their tech support line anywhere allowed that. So I did it through Twitter and I got in touch with them and they're going to do it and it's great. So Twitter's good for that stuff. It's very handy for a lot of that, but I expect it. I, ex I just expect him to screw the whole thing up. I really do. And, so that's the way to bet. And then the way to wish. The, the way to wish is that is that Elon Musk, the genius, the guy who thought up SpaceX and and um, Starlink, and even if he didn't think it up entirely on his own, I mean, they're brilliant things and they're very useful. And and Tesla, for that matter, the guy, the, the fact that he took on Detroit and not just Detroit, but Tokyo and, you know, Germany and Sweden and all the places that may other places that make great cars and just just put the electric car on the map in a giant way is just a huge thing
hats off. And I'm hoping maybe he has some secret plan that will turn Twitter into something great that it can't be right now because it's too locked up in the way it is and we'll all like it. I think that's a long shot, though, because it's a thing that already exists and either tears it down to the, you know, burns it down to the waterline and builds up something else or he comes up with something brilliant. But I'm not expecting it. So... I, I, I tend to agree on the on the, the show part, but the, my reasoning is, you know, I think that the type of cuts that will be made and the type of changes, I don't necessarily immediately go to, you know, it's just going to be a, you know, a right wing cesspool. But I do, I my concern is more like, because I think, you know, that exists now, you know, I think that. I think my concern is just the degradation and quality of the experience. I think that there will be less and less relevance and i think the the algorithm as we say you know it, it you see on twitter an experience that is geared toward you and what you engage with and you get more of that and i think that experience it, it's not perfect today obviously it's problematic in many cases but i think that will actually become worse um mm-hmm. i think it will become less and less useful and relevant to people and what i'm really wondering is how it affects people with these large personal brands a large audience you know i as I, I, I tend to look at it as a marketing tool in some ways, just because of mm-hmm. my experiences and, and, and what I do for a living and, and all of those things. And, and I think of somebody like you, you have a massive audience. And what happens when the you've built, you've, you've put all of this effort, you and others, into building this massive following and, and audience that you can engage with and, and bounce your ideas off of and promote your, your content? Um, what happens when that disappears? I mean, there are alternatives, but I, you know, nobody has the the huge audience that they have on Twitter. You have you don't have it on Mastodon, you know, because that you know that hasn't really mm. taken off meaningfully. I mean, we I enjoy Mastodon. You know, there are a lot of open source nerds, and and I get a lot out of it. But for the most part, it, it's not mainstream. You're not going to get a mainstream audience like you get on Twitter. And if you're talking about um, the type of people I follow on Twitter are prominent tech voices. That's where I get my information. It's where I mm-hmm. hear about security vulnerability announcements. It's where I hear about cool new technologies. It's where you know I learn what's going on the in the world of uh, security lately is a particular interest of mine. And and mm-hmm. once that it maybe doesn't go away, but it becomes less useful to me. Where where do I turn? And where do I try and build that community and that experience anew yeah i well i i like to think that we can build that in the wild um we had that with blogs i mean blogs were um you know just a great publishing medium i i you know at at its peak my old blog had up to fifty thousand readers a day i never thought of that as an audience um, I had a readership and, yeah. and well, you were um, sharing with, yeah. yeah. And lots of good comments and lots of back and forth because there was real dialogue between people who were blogging. You know, if, if, uh, you and Semple or Shelley powers or, or, um, you know, Janine Sesam or, um, Sheila Lennon, I'm thinking of people who used to blog or Acma Adam had something useful or interesting or creative to say, David Weinberger, another old friend, they'd put something on their blog. I'd come back with something on mine that we'd, we'd comment on each other's. We'd link to each other. There were, it was really, really, um, 
it was thoughtful. Uh, it was fun in a lot of ways. You could be creative. You were your own publisher. It was fantastic. And, and I think it was very consistent with what the web was meant to be in the first place. And then uh, Twitter and Facebook came along and were really good at moving things from a kind of well-informed discourse to conversation and and to whole new modalities you know tweeting became a thing in its own and and threads and and uh hashtags and at some and you know at handles and those were all twitterisms that grew out of grew out of twitter and conventions that uh spread to the world and with Facebook, you could hook up with all kinds of people you never knew before, or you knew, I should say, you knew a long time ago. Um, and, you know, there was, and they were very good at doing that. But what happened is a lot of, probably most of, maybe 99% of what I think of as the great bloggers went to Facebook and Twitter. And now some of them are coming mm -hmm. back, not to blogging, but to, um, to Substack. And it's yeah. not even just to newsletters they're going to substack because substack makes that easy and that's not a bad thing everything you put on substack is also on the web um but it's inside their closed castle yeah. and it's another feudal system but they did a great job of giving you a way to write in a WYSIWYG way that was just like medium and why medium did not take off as well as substack i don't know um I really like Ev Williams, who started Medium. He's one of the founders of Twitter as well. He'd be really interesting to get on to this thing. There's probably a lot he can't talk about. He probably still owns a lot of Twitter stock. I don't know. but um, uh, And Medium has newsletters too, but they came up with a monetization plan that was kind yeah. of a freemium thing. It doesn't, doesn't yeah. work. But they created that WYSIWYG thing where, where you, would, you, you couldn't, there was a, no visual difference between what you were writing and what was going to right. be published. Very much unlike, say, WordPress. But just to go go back to an audience on Twitter, I mean, I have maybe 25,000. I think it's down now because it kicked a lot of bots out But on Twitter. But my joke about that is that, you know, Twitter, you have followers on Twitter like a parking space has followers in the traffic going by. You get, mm. you know, yeah. you engage 10 or 15 a day and the rest of them just fly by. They don't see you at right. all. and. So having that many followers doesn't mean that they see me at all. I, I have a sense that, you know, dozens of people see what I write. And, and you know, with my, with my blog, um, I'm trying to check here. I, don't, I, I had another tab open. It's gone now. Uh, I just can't find it. Uh, um, now, now I've lost you. <laughs> I'm looking at these other things. I'm still here somewhere. That's I know fine. you are because you're in a tab. You can hear me as long as I can, can hear, hear you. Me. That's the main thing, you know. But there's, I can't find it, but I mean, I have, you know, a couple dozen, on, on an average day, I have a couple dozen readers on my blog. I sometimes... How many are on mine? Probably not you know, many. Yeah, not many. And Facebook, I, I, there's no count there, but I don't know what what's there. I and mean, mostly what people do on Facebook is share trivia and get angry at each other. Um, and that's kind of where it's at. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, so, and maybe, maybe we're ready for a shakeup, you know, maybe it's time for that's, a shakeup. That's a good point. Yeah. 
I, uh, I enjoy when you reminisce about, you know, the, the massive traffic your blog has. I, fe- I feel similarly about the good old days of Linux Journal back when oh, I mean, totally. there, were, there were a lot of eyeballs, man. I, I guess I, I didn't even appreciate it at the time. But <laughs> it's but, true. Um, Linux Journal yeah. was very leveraged for all of us. I mean, I, I, yeah. I probably, if I look back, uh, the curb weight of writing that I did online is probably 50% Linux Journal. Maybe a little yeah. less um, because I blogged so much years ago, but in terms of stuff that holds up, I mean, there's a lot I wrote in Linux Journal that yeah, there's a ton. That and is, thank God it's still there. Is that um, yeah, or at least if, for if now? Not, yeah, if not timeless, it was at least interesting and right. relevant, and you could look back on it and find it and see, wow, that that was helpful. Um, so, but what yeah. something that's that occurs to me though is that you know when you talk about and you were obviously blogging well before I ever did. I think I probably started a personal blog. I don't know a year, a little bit before I started at Linux Journal. So maybe two thousand five, two thousand six, somewhere in there. Um, and I, I was never a prolific blogger, but I had a site. You know, I had my little blog roll. I linked mm-hmm. out to all my smart friends, and we were posting about you know, various things, a lot of, you know, cool technology stuff we're into thing discoveries we'd made. And, and I had a not a, a decent, a little audience and, and, um, and, you know, and we kind of shared and interacted and it was great. And, but I did want to point out <laughs> the experience of being a woman on the internet kind of sucks. Yeah. And, you know, I, while I didn't have the terrible experiences, some did, I ultimately took down my blog. I don't, I can't remember when exactly, maybe 2011, um, but I just took it down because I started getting, I had a bit of a stalker. I had people sending, uh-huh. somebody sending me weird, creepy, anonymous emails, um, you know, with personal details of my life that were disturbing. And, you know, and, and I, I just took it down really? to hell wow. with this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I haven't talked about this much. Yeah. But, I, I, but, yeah I remember that you was telling me this before, but I repressed it. It's, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, you know, it's 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 not a it's not an unusual story for women who are posting a lot of things online, and it, it it's a uh, yeah, it's an unfortunate uh, side effect. And so, yeah, anyway, I, I took it down though, and I you know, and I completely reframed the idea of what online presence is and how I interact and what I share and what I don't. And and um, interestingly, I just I uh, actually just put up a new blog. I had a, very, a static personal site for years because I just mm-hmm. didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want, I specifically did not want the interaction there. I, you know, it's fine on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever else, but where it's, it's a more controlled environment, which I think is why it's relevant to this conversation because it may not be in the future, but, um, but yeah, I took mine down. Um, I have since just put a new one up where I can, I'm going to see, test the waters mm-hmm. and see if I want to, what I want to share there and, and, and how I want to update it, but, but yeah, I, I, I did have a very different experience. So I think, and I think that different experience is relevant to this larger conversation about what's happening or what will happen with Twitter, because again, the less curated a space it becomes, the less appealing it is for some groups of people. Yeah. Yeah. Including possibly me. (laughs) Well, that's, that's important. I mean, I think, I mean, there's, curation is an interesting concept that I'm, I'm an admirer of, um, of uh, Brewster Kale and what he's done with archive.org, with the Internet Archive, and with archiving in general. 
um, he came up with it in the 90s when the model for the web was essentially a library. It was a publishing place. He published stuff there. Um, and all of the metaphors were were publishing and real estate. You had sites with domains and locations that you browsed and visited. And those are that's those are locational. They're they're real estate. They they presume a kind of permanence. And it was organized. In fact, the way uh, Yahoo started, it was we're going to organize the web and we're going to make it like a library where there's a sports section and there's a living section and there's a main news section and other stuff like that. And and that fell by the wayside rather quickly when it turned into a haystack and all of the search engines came along. Um, Google basically finally won that one by basically indexing the entire mess and then letting you look through that. And And what happened really in the teens, but starting earlier was that Google started indexing things almost instantly. How they do that, I don't know, but they're watching the whole damn thing. And, and so you publish something and, and Google has it now. And the good thing about that is you could find everything. The bad thing about it is that it changed from a static medium into an active one, a live one. And, and with the, with the popularity of phones and ubiquitous connectivity, we came into a world where everything became evanescent. You know, it's, just, it's all, it's all kind of flying by. And I mean, I'm like, I'm very interested in the way young people use photography because I'm, I'm old school. I, to me, photography is archival and by nature, you're shooting photos to put them in albums as it were, and put them in places where you can show them to other people. But for a lot of younger people, it doesn't matter as much that you're going you're to use them for now. You're going to use them in the next few days or weeks. You can keep them for a while. But if you lose them, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, and that's a very different way to use a medium. And I think it's true with, I mean, the, the, the entire corpus of Twitter is still available. Same, so, same with Facebook. I can find stuff I wrote on Facebook and Twitter going back to 2006 if I want to, I assume, but I don't have the sense of accessibility about it. There's nothing archival about it. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, but I do think that there's, um, there's a transitory nature to what's going on now, which, um, I'm not sure that's a permanent state and it's possible that just to bring it back to Elon Musk, that he may do something really geniusy around this that may give us a better way to use to use the web than we've seen so far. I'm not counting on it, but I think he has a reputation to maintain about that that is not, I'm just busy being a troll and an asshole, which is what he's <laughs> not bad at doing right now, you know, and kind of tweaking the sensibility of the woke folk, um, who I don't think he knows it, but really hate it, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, I, the I irony is this... You know, it's his like customer it's base is largely the people he's antagonizing the most, <laughs> you know, the people who buy Tesla's, the people who true, buy Tesla, you know, who Teslify their, their power in their houses. And yeah, I don't know about Starlink, but probably the Starlink customer base is largely a little bit left leaning. And those are the, the ones. He it could be, be though. I, you know, I know people who live in the North woods and in remote places that are, 
very far from left-leaning and don't have internet access and want it, <laughs> you know, so. No, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, hey, maybe there's, that's, there's, there's, there's that an opportunity. Too. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, um, there's a, a funny um, onion piece that came out, I think maybe today or yesterday, which is things never to say to a Tesla owner. It's pretty funny. <laughs> put it, put it look the, that up. We'll link, put no, it in we'll the link show to notes. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another thing we should link to is our prior conversation. So we, we had a, an episode dedicated to this when it was in its rumor stage. And I think we all sort of almost dismissed it. We said, oh, that would be a weird thing if it happened. But it probably won't, right? He'll, I did know, not expect it to happen. Through. I yeah, did, I, I don't think not. any of us I did. It, and I'll, I, thought, yeah. I thought he was fooling around and just being a dick, but uh, which he seems to enjoy doing. You know, that's, <laughs> uh, well. you know, and, yes, well. and maybe he did that before he became a zillionaire. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know either. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we did have that conversation about Mastodon and and the Fediverse and and, yeah. and the way that maybe this should work in an ideal world with decentralized or lack of centralized mm-hmm. control. But um, I don't know that you know the, as soon as the the rumors started back then there was a huge huge uh, peak or huge surge of mastodon use a lot of people are signing up there was a lot mm-hmm. more activity we were getting a lot more engagement um for the podcast and i was personally getting a lot more engagement and then it died down a little bit although it's again every time the more uh, elon musk and twitter are in the news together the more the more activity i see over over there which is interesting and so i you know and, i wonder who knows maybe this yeah 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 so we'll see we'll see if that picks up or something else or i'm anxious to to see what you know, alternatives people will, will flock to if that happens, you know, who knows, maybe people will just stick it out again, people it's who have built up, question. if you've got 50,000 followers or something, and that's a, a big part of your, your job or your purpose in life or, you know, whatever it is. And, and you, you, you want to retain that, um, that voice that you have, then, you know, it, it seems like it's going to be hard for those people to just walk away from it. So. You know, the, the, an interesting thing, you know, in in Bloomington, we're talking to locals about e-commerce in general. And one of the things that we found talking to people is that there actually is, be, for a seller, for example, between Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, Shopify, um, and uh, eBay, um, they're covered. There's not a problem here. There's not a pain point. Um, and again, hats off to those outfits for making e-commerce for anybody a fairly easy thing to do. And they're all centralized. But I think we have to admit that there are some things that are you can't decentralize. Or not so much you can't do it. It's just done so much better in a centralized way where you have a big company with deep pockets and they can hire really smart and creative people and put them all in under one roof and do some really interesting stuff that creates dependencies for everybody that aren't all bad. I mean, that's what Amazon did with, um, AWS. Uh, it's brilliant. Um, you know, the, the world is improved by it, I think. And, I know people at Microsoft that say the same about Azure. I know 
of mm-hmm. one very big entity that's moving from from uh, Google's cloud to the Azure cloud on Microsoft and love Microsoft, which I did not expect to hear. Um, I'm I'm using Azure more and more too. Yeah. So. Yep. So. Who, who would have thought that? You know, 15 yeah, years ago. And, and, right, and and I think the the. Um, you know, I, I, I feel the ghost of Ken Cameron smiling um, about that because he had a lot to do with making Azure, the identity side of Azure anyway, do what it does. Um, so it's not it's not like I'm against bigness or success there. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of what's easy to hate about about it is the way that Musk is acting right now, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yes. You know? It's like, yep. <laughs> you're the, the richest man in the world wants to screw with the place where you live online yeah, by so buying a downside it and, to visibility. and doing something <laughs> to it. You know, that's, that's, you know, going to be weird. Yeah, you you have to wonder what what the world would have been like, you know, a hundred years ago if if the the prominent wealthy men, yeah, obviously, especially at the time, but not too much different now, had had the visibility that they do today. You know, if people knew as much about the Vanderbilts or the Rockefellers, well, they or, do. You know, I mean, I or think the Morgans. That's well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was surely, disseminated they're differently. As, they're not as totally. Yeah, it was disseminated differently, but there certainly was. They were certainly stars in their own way and you know all yeah. the, and, and in some ways we have we're replaying we're echoing victorian times now you know we have our jp morgan's and john d rockefeller's and and uh andrew carnegie's um today you know that's what musk and bezos and larry ellison yeah. and those people are in their own way they're they've become you know, and, and Peter Thiel in a different way, but Titans. you know, and, and the way they, yeah, they, they, and they want to outdo each other with big yachts and and, and rockets, you know, and rockets and own parts of um, of New Zealand, you know, and and go to their you know mountain hideouts and you know expecting the end of the world, right? And so they want to go wind up in the shit. But they're helping to bring about. They, they, yeah, they're gonna go. Yeah, they're gonna go to these places <laughs> after they've done their damage. Um, you know, or achieve what they've achieved. I mean, I did you read what um, William Shatner wrote about his experience for 12 minutes in space? Um, I think I did, but I don't, I, I guess it did not resonate enough for me to remember it. I remember it at it's the time. Good, good. It was very uh, transcendent or something for him. Yeah, well, it was just, It's there's this thing, there's this phenomenon called the overview effect, which is named by, I believe, one of the astronauts. Um of the experience of looking at earth from space that mm. here's this really in the vastness of space, tiny blue marble, um, mm-hmm. spinning, you know, around a relatively small, definitely minor old star, um, in one of the arms of an average galaxy. Um, and, and that outside of it is, we're quarantined in a vastness of nothing. And he, he called it to, you know, like it was to him, it was a blackness and a void that was hell itself. And the absence of life and the absence of anything, you know, where right here we have this paradise that's a, that belongs to us and these and other animals and, 
and we are trashing the shit out of it, which we are. <laughs> yes, uh, it's not untrue. We are a pestilential species, and um, which any apex species does when it is out of control, and we are out of control. And that's not a political statement. I think it's irrespective of whether or not it causes climate damage. It, it's a fact. You know, we're raiding the earth of everything. And it, I mean, this, this brings me back to Musk for a second, because one of the ways I definitely do not, I'm not with him, is on the Mars thing. If you're going to go to Mars, you have to, Mars needs death. You, you have to have a lot of stuff dying there first in order for life to survive. And even if there was life on Mars, it was probably three billion years ago. And and it's not, it hasn't left enough nutrients it's to- It's a bit sterile. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's remarkably sterile, and it's it's not non-hospitable. So you know that's and the idea that we're going to go there and like just start civilizing it in some way is to me beyond absurd. Especially when we have so you know uh, a planet to take care of here, and and haven't figured out the best way to take care of it yet. Uh, Perhaps he's given up. I think a lot of I, people have. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, don't, I just don't think he cares as much about it. I'm sure he doesn't. Not. If, he, if he didn't, he would have had second thoughts about filling the sky with little things that blink, um, even if they point. do give us internet coverage in places we didn't have it otherwise. You know, the astronomers are busy, many of them anyway, are busy hating him for that, for Starlink. And I say that in great admiration for Starlink as well. We can kind of hold two contradictory thoughts there, I think. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I agree too. I, I struggle with that too. I, you know, on one hand, I appreciate the um, ex access to connectivity that so many more people have suddenly, but but I agree yeah. with you on the downsides. Um, yeah, and yeah, there's so many, there are a lot of troubling things here. I mean, if we're, if we're being defeatist and depressing again, it's the, you know, I think times of international crisis sort of lend themselves to this type of introspection, but. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, a lot of really bad stuff going on. And, and, and somebody with a, a massive platform with no particular qualification to weigh in on things like, you know, peace agreements when, when a part of the world is at war concerns me. And so, you know, and yeah, anyway, I'll leave yeah, it at that, yeah. but it, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's, add that to my list of concerns. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, the, when 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 we're in a period of, of peace and prosperity and, and whatnot, we tend to we obviously tend to be more optimistic. But but um, when this sort of change happens at a time of global distress on many levels, I think um, I think it's human to pick it apart and be concerned. And 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 that's where I am. So there we go. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a. I, let me just talk about Ukraine for a sec. I think, and I say this and I'll sort of put my position out there. Um, I'm basically a pacifist and I, I think war is almost always not the answer. I think supporting war is not the answer. Um, and, and yet I, I know that the U S and the allies didn't need to intervene in world war two. So I kind of hold these contradictory thoughts together. Uh, and, you know, I know Ukraine, while a democracy, was also 
you know, a, a state that had a fair amount of corruption in it and all that. Yet, and, and I'm not sure that the U.S. Should, I think there's an argument to be made that the U.S. shouldn't be spending a zillion dollars on, on cranking up the Ukraine war as far as it can as a non-combatant itself by supplying arms and, and financial support and much else. Uh, but Putin is very much the aggressor in this thing and in the wrong, I think. And, and clearly I, from reading what I've read, Musk supports Putin and Trump sure does. seems that way. I think and, Trump does too. And, yep. and a and lot of a people lot of, on the a right. A lot of people. Yes. The, have you seen, I'm sure you've seen the t-shirt. What's the t-shirt? The, I'd rather be a Russian than a Democrat. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's that. Yeah. And, there's a lot and, of that. and, and, and Russia did an enormous amount even at the Trump direct support from Russia was a hoax as the people on the right claim. There's no doubt that Putin did everything he could to tip the scales toward Trump and is doing the yeah. same again now favoring the right in the U S and because the right to some degree is behind what he's trying to do. And for Musk to get Twitter and use it for that purpose which is not out of the realm of possibility is a really scary and bad thing. Yes. Yes, it is. So there's that. Uh, and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, Twitter, you know, speaking again of Twitter, Twitter is where, um, oh, I hate, this sounds so cynical and I don't mean it to, but where Ukraine really won the PR war in this, in mm-hmm. this war, because yeah. uh, I have never seen such absolute horror as i saw on twitter especially in the early days you know of the initial attacks and Mm. i mean i saw some stuff that i you know you know will burn into the back of my eyelids because it was so horrifying and 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 some and some of it you can't look away because it's right there in the timeline because you know who knows somebody's it's been shared and retweeted and promoted and, and i i see less and less of that now and but but you know, now we see plenty of horrors in, in the mainstream media. You can turn on C- CNN and, and see the horrors. Now, I'm sure there are those on, on the right who would say that that's propaganda and it's doctored and we're, you know, I, you know, but to me, tw- Twitter is, was a source of a lot of information. You know, some of it, I'm sure, was not truthful, but I think a good good amount of it was and still is. And uh, so, yeah, that that's interesting because, again, it's it is a way to, broadcast very directly from the scene of a horrific situation that um you can get you can get the world behind you pretty quickly if you uh share enough of that type of thing and and that that to me is is an an interesting place so if you have somebody come in and take it over who is um in support of the other side the aggressor then what happens to the ability of, of those people to get the word out about what's happening to them yeah, so I, I'm th- since you bring this up, I just did a quick look to. I've not looked at it lately, probably because I've not looked at Twitter as much lately, uh, even though I post things on it now and then. But um, one of my lists that I have is a Ukraine list, and it's entirely journalists and journalists that are that seem to be wise that have you know followed to keep track of keep track of the war and keep track of 
the entire thing. It's good stuff. I'm just kind of looking down through it now. And it's public. I can share it. You know, it is shared. People can look at what my lists are and see what they are, I guess. And it's thoughtful stuff. I mean, you could use Twitter like that in a way that is useful. But again, you know, I'm, I guess you'd say I'm on the Ukrainian side of that because I think they're on the defensive. And they were wrong. Their country was wrong, mm -hmm. I believe. And, and so that matters. But, you know, I've been looking at a lot of other things that, you know, the Azerbaijan and Armenia and Turkey and Georgia and the Kurds and all of these, what's the word for it, irredentist, where it's very hard to draw national lines. And mm. um, and that's that's in play with in a lot of other places besides Ukraine. And Ukraine's the big one for us right now. And to... You know, do we want the United States involved in that? I think there's, an there's a good argument to be had about whether the United States should remain at least trying to be the world's policeman. Um, we did a pretty bad job of it in a lot of places. Maybe Iraq is better off than it used to be. And maybe even Afghanistan is in a way because they had some limited experience with being uh, relatively free or somewhat westernized, where women especially had had freedoms that they no longer have now under the Taliban. So maybe what the U.S. did there was good in some ways, but it's a failure in the sense that it went back to the Taliban and we're gone. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think the world is a complicated place. Is it better if the U.S. is is very active militarily in its foreign policy, or is it not? I, there are good arguments to be had on both sides of that one, too. Yeah. So I think we've uh, we're coming up on yeah. on our our, our recording hour. time yeah. <laughs> on our hour. Um, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I think we've 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 thoroughly covered some. Well, I don't know. I you know can you thoroughly cover this? Who knows? But I think um, I think the 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 final thought really is that we've kind of shared our collective anxiety out here in the open. Yeah. And I, you know, I would love to hear what other people are thinking about this. Yeah, because, I'd like to hear it too. You know, I, I live I in my own little I... silo. <laughs> Yeah, and not just in a you're full of shit way, but rather, yeah, I'm, I'm probably am somewhat full of shit. But what what's what's a better way to look at these things? Yeah, um, I, I welcome the the uh, feedback and, that I'm totally wrong. Yeah, and if and if Musk does, if he does something brilliant, how do you support it? If he does something horrible, how do you fight it? Yeah, those are interesting questions too. Just jumping off, I'm not sure this is going to do anything. Um, and I'm wondering, are people are, are people hedging? Are people thinking in terms of of going somewhere else or in, in tandem even? And, and where is that? And, yeah. yeah. Well, it, 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 this is also this kind of a false assumption that one is on one thing and not on another. Right, exactly. You know, are you relaunching I'm, your personal blogs too? How many other yeah, things are you doing? I have, uh, I, I'm on five different browsers most of the time. Uh, and I use yeah. them for different things. And I'm... Um, I have, you know, three or four different email addresses and, um, I, you know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Signal, Telegram, Discord, Discourse. I'm on, I'm on all those things in different ways, you know, and we're, we, we're on Slack. We use Slack. Um, it's, it's not one versus the other in all cases. It's one plus the other and how did, you know. How does that math out? Just an interesting yeah. thought. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for hearing us out, and we, <laughs> we would appreciate all any and all feedback, and we'll talk to you next time.
Thank you.